So joining me in studio is Carl Lewis, uh, sports reporter for EWN. Carl, how's it going? I'm good. I'm good. How are you, Mark? I'm very, I'm very well, thank you. It's uh, been a busy weekend, uh, but we trot on. It's not even the full weekend. There's still more to do. <laughs> let's let's jump straight into it. Uh, you you tweeted this thing the other day. Um, it's got a lot of traction on Twitter um, about rent and leases in Cape Town. Yes. Greenpoint Golf Club, one thousand rand per annum. Apartment in Greenpoint, two bedroom flat, fifteen thousand rand per month. Fishwick Bowling Green, one thousand rand per annum. Fishwick two bedroom flat, eight thousand rand per month. Yeah. Why did this did this grate you or what was what was your feeling towards this? Um basically I stumbled on a report um about how the city um how the city hasn't done well with social social and affordable housing. And what interests me, obviously, I'm a sports reporter, is that Cape Town is loaded with golf course more than any other city in uh, the country. 24 golf courses in Cape Town. And that kind of piqued my interest. And then I started reading. Basically, it's not a thousand rand that they pay per annum. It's 953 rand, which is not that much. I mean, uh, there's an article going around that, uh, I mean, you pay more for a shack per month. Um, so it just shows you that this is a legacy thing. I mean, it's been going on for, for years, these, these short, these, um, cheap leases, but I can understand why golf courses, um, are not paying market value. I do understand that. And if someone does say, you know, uh, rent at a golf course and rent, uh, for residential property, it's a bit of a false equivalence. I get that. But I just wanted to show the discrepancy um, that, you know, people are paying for rent and this golf clubs, like, for instance, Rondebosch Golf Club, they pay 953 rand per annum. Yes, they do pay their utilities, but their fees for a member is 12,500 rand a year. So, I mean, there's big discrepancies. What does this say in a city that has such a big housing problem, but has, uh, when it comes to development, hasn't got the highest rate of property development for for those in need but have this maintenance of uh, of these 24 golf courses not maintenance in terms of they're preparing for the upkeep but they've got like 24 golf courses yeah that'll do yeah yeah i mean you just you i'm mean, over the years in cape town you just look at how traffic has just increased and it's actually quite crazy even people that come here from Joburg they are amazed that there's traffic constantly and you have people waking up at three o'clock to be at their jobs um, because they live so far I'm, I'm talking about Kyle Leach, I'm talking about Mitchell's Plain, uh, Philippi, Dolph you know people that could use affordable housing that are working in and around the city even in the suburbs that could use affordable housing that would make their lives so much easier and I just think, I mean, I'm not a social housing expert and I'll never claim to be, mm. but there is something in this. Surely there's something in this. And um, in the city, city of Cape Town's actual reports, they've stated that they haven't really made the best use. They're not getting the, um, the money that they should be getting from the, the land. I mean, they still own these golf courses. You know, it's municipal grounds. But and they're not make, getting full value from that, and the report it's called city leases. Um, they kind of indicate that there's a few locations where the city could be getting real uh, monetary value if they did um, kind of start a development of of affordable housing. 
If you've just tuned in, this is Mark Johnson, Cape Talk Early Weekend Breakfast. I'm in conversation with Carl Lewis, sports reporter for EWN. Uh, but we're talking about um, what Carl has found and tweeted about uh, earlier this week regarding the price that uh, private golf clubs are leasing land uh, at from the city of Cape Town. Uh, in comparison to what it will actually cost to rent an apartment in a similar area. Uh, if you have any questions about the conversation you'd like to add to it, please feel free to call in to 021-446-0567. And, of course, we will take your WhatsApp texts and voice notes on 072-567-1567. Some people may argue that the city is looking after a certain group of people. People are more affluent, people who, who uh, can afford uh, facilities like uh, paying rates at a golf club, paying for the equipment that comes along with golf club versus, um, like you mentioned, people who are paying more than what the golf um, club is paying mm. for their rent. Yep. Um, definitely. Look, I'm not here to accuse anyone of being elitist or uh, being favored, but there is definitely something in this in that there are 24 golf courses and we're struggling for housing in the city. In in golf's defense, it's a big uh, money spin in t- terms of tourism. But I mean, 24 golf courses, mm. there's more than enough. I mean, you go to Claymont, you drive to Claymont, there's Arabella over there. So I understand the, the tourism aspect of golf, but 24 still seems a large amount for a city whose citizens actually require um, decent and affordable housing. And I mean, this, uh, the talk of, of, uh, making golf courses into affordable housing has been around for, for long, uh, for years now. Ian, uh, deputy mayor at the time, uh, Ian Nielsen, um, I think he's mayor now. Um, he's been talking about it. You know, uh, Patricia DeLille now and Brett Heron, suddenly they out of the DA now. They are really talking about the DA's lack of movement on on social housing. And like I said, I'm not an expert on it, but there is something in this, and I think we need to address it. And this is a well-researched report. This is not thumb-sucking. It's very detailed, very well-researched. And there's a, a couple of articles also um, on the topic uh, that deals with real people and their struggles um, with housing. And like, uh, just for instance, the Fishhook Bowling Club. Very popular, you know. Fishhook has a um, their residents are a bit older, mm. um, so the bowling club is a is a big thing. However, you know, people are struggling in Masipumalele for um, for housing, and this has been the bowling club has been seen as a ideal opportunity to to kind of create social social and affordable housing, and it just seems to stutter. We can't get it over the edge. But the city, uh, this the city for. Its entire history has always had a problem with with affordable housing, and to this day, I mean, every 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 week there's an update, there's a report about Bukup, about the city center um, areas that that people have been forced out of, about District Six where the process is so long to get yeah. people back in, because um, it's not just about the the affordable housing; it's also about where the housing is located. Yes, so. You talk about people out in the townships, out in Kailicha and Googs, who have to travel long distances on a poorly maintained um, uh, public transport infrastructure, you know, that's, that costs the economy money. And where they are located or where they are, are, are given the opportunity to move to, you know, that is to the benefit of the, the, the larger economy. Mm. But at the same time, there's that battle between 
creating those spaces or maintaining those spaces of low rent or, or affordable affordable spaces where private institutions, private companies, private developers are pushing people out of spaces yes. for the sake of making more money. And we all understand, yes, people need to make money, but there's a level of capitalism and selfishness exactly. that's causing it's causing benefit to a very small group of people and is is becoming or has been and is becoming more detrimental to the larger group 100% mark this is a, a, a just from the outside looking at in a, this is a developer city a developer's dream there's constructions going on in Anyway, entry level prices for these apartments here in town three and a half million, four million. I'm sorry, but as a as a journalist who and as a Cape Town resident, born and bred, those aren't for me. I can't afford that, you know. Um, and mo- I'm assuming that most Cape Town uh, city residents cannot afford that. So there needs to be a balance struck, and it's a bit concerning that we are still dealing with. Um, we we're still not moving forward uh with social with affordable housing and um the apartheid sp- spatial legacy is still with us and still hitting communities very hard and that and i think what the report is wary of saying not all 24 courses are are ripe for social housing mm. they are three specifically some are are um so, some are really uh, rather some golf clubs i think um, they have to deal with the the flooding levels, the flooding levels. So, so you wouldn't be able to build on there. But Rondebosch, the Metropolitan here um, in Greenpoint, and the Fishhook, those are ideal uh, spots. So, this report I feel is very constructive, very neutral, and is well worth um, as a Cape Town resident, well worth the read. If I'm not mistaken, the not it's not. Even though the the rates are so low for um, uh, for these sports clubs, for these golf clubs, and what it, what membership fees are um, seven thousand and upwards, up to twelve and a half thousand, and who knows uh, if there are ones that are more. Um, with all those things, there are still all the clubs are still not making money. They're not, they're not all yes. at a profit. No, not at all. They're not. Um, well, I, I can't go into the nitty gritty of it. Uh, just from the conversations that I have been having, yeah, some of them are running at a loss. And just 953,953 rand per annum. So the city justifies this as it's, it adds community value. And I can understand that in certain communities. Yes, maybe it does add values, but add value rather. But 24. <laughs> Sites paying nine hundred and fifty three rand. Well, let me let me let me ask you this. Let's try, let's try and play devil's advocate here. In in and maybe I'm playing a, a, a racial devil's advocate. I don't know. In in the township areas where um, you probably would not find a golf course, mm. we'd find other facilities like um, um, netball courts and soccer fields. Um, any idea on, on on if the city owns those lands, those those properties, and yeah. and if those football clubs or soccer clubs or rugby clubs are paying low rates or yeah, they are they are paying uh, low rates, but obviously the fund their funding outside of that isn't that great. I actually I've been following soccer soccer's relationship with the city of Cape Town. Now they. Soccer is kind of seen as the ugly sister. Uh, I'm using John Kometis' words here, Cape Town City FC's chairman. Mm. Basically, 
there was a Nedbank Cup. Three games were supposed to be held in Cape Town over a weekend. We were struggling for space to accommodate um, football teams. So the Magic FC, who were playing Kaiser Chiefs, their biggest game of the year, instead of playing it in Cape Town and giving the Cape Town Kaiser Chiefs fans um, a chance to opportunity to see their team, they had to go to PE because there are no facilities here. Uh, to use. Athlone Stadium was busy. Cape Town Stadium uh, was busy. And the smaller grounds um, are just not getting the care that they needed. And the smaller community soccer clubs, they themselves are also um, struggling for for facilities. And it, I think the soccer community just gets the sense that the city doesn't really care. I mean, I take you back to maybe two months ago. Safa Cape Town, the South African Football Association, Cape Town, they ba- their offices are based in um, Athlone Stadium. They were kicked out of Athlone Stadium. And luckily I followed the story. There was some media, uh, uh, you know, it, it got some media. Suddenly the city were under pressure. A few days, a few weeks later, they were reinstated. Uh, the dealers in Allen Void, they can stay there. So... That just shows you why couldn't they stay there from the start? Why are you kicking them out? Yeah, what is the, the, issue? the their rule? The initial ruling was that it wasn't zoned for business, but Safa Cape Town is not a business; it's a not non-profit organization. And then they said there were some health and safety regulations, but just because there's health and safety checks doesn't mean you have to move. Mm. Newlands Rugby Stadium, which is privately owned, they had some health health and safety issues, but they didn't have to relocate their offices while they sought that out. But suddenly, South of Cape Town, they had to relocate. And they and in fairness to the city, they did provide alternative accommodation, but it was a really poor accommodation. Um, so this is the battle that football and net, netball as well and a couple of other sports um, have with the city of Cape Town, community sports, mm. that the facilities aren't good enough, um, and there's just not spa- there's no space to kind of um, play Develop. the fixtures. Yeah. Uh, if you've just tuned in, this is Cape Talk Weekend Early Breakfast with myself, Mark Johnson, uh, chatting to Carl Lewis, EWN sports reporter. Uh, we are talking about um, developing into a conversation of how the city looks after um, not just its people, but also, but mainly its its uh, its sporting codes and facilities, and who it gives privilege to or not. If you'd like to add to the conversation, please send through your WhatsApp texts or voice notes on oh seven two five six seven one five six seven. Um, on uh, di- calling direct into studio, you can do so on oh two one four four six oh five six seven. The the amount of people. Located in these areas, in terms of of uh, not not congestion, but per per square meter capacity wise, there are far more people out in the townships than there are in suburbia, in the Greenpoint area, in the Fishhook area, um, in you know you mentioned a couple of golf courses on the way out, out mm. of Cape Town. Um, there are far more people in those in in those areas that require more facilities. Yet there are less facilities for them, and the city favors. Is, seems to be favoring um, the the less populated areas with bigger sporting grounds. The Donnebosch Golf uh, Golf Club, the size of forty five rugby fields. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, yes. The, the golf clubs are, are paying their, their their own maintenance. They're paying their own utilities. But, those but they've got the they've got the members that uh, can perhaps fund that. I mean, twelve and a half thousand is nothing to. Uh, you know that that's a lot of money. Don't for look me. at me when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, that that's it's really 
it's a big, big issue in the city of Cape Town and how uh, different sporting codes get treated differently and their facilities. And you talk about those congested areas um, out in Kailicha. They do need uh, recreational facilities because, I mean, we know what a positive impact sport can make in, in communities and in people's lives. It's a game changer for some. Um, and even if uh, a girl or a boy is not uh, being a professional, it's a, it's a passion. You know, a lot else can come of that. So, yeah, I'm not, yeah. Su- I'm not sure uh, which which school you went to, but at my high school, you know, sports was it was it was compulsory. You had to do winter sport, you had to do a summer sport, and it was part of the school. Always, um, uh, I was going to say, sold it as it's the balanced lifestyle between mm. academics and you know doing sport or being physical and and going out and doing something. And if you if that is truly if that is the truth, and there are parts of society that can't have that balanced lifestyle, then there's hundred percent. And this is. You talk about that balanced life. This is a big issue, and I'll I'm, I try and be as objective as possible. Mm-hmm. So this is a national government and education department directive. Like they should be making more of an effort to introduce or reintroduce sports in schools. I mean, our parents will tell us about the sporting programs back in the day. Um, you know, they played sport, but right now school sport is non-existent for people in 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 the um, far-reaching, poorer communities. It's not as good as what it used to be. They have to go to clubs to kind of um, to get their sporting fix where it's not happening at school, where it should be. And that is a national government issue. You can't pin that on, the, on, the, um, on local government. So I'll give, them, I'll give them that. But in terms of um, community spaces that the DA does run, I think there's a feeling that from the communities themselves that they are not doing enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, budgets have been slashed, to be honest. The, the city is under pressure financially. And, I mean, it's very easy to cut recreational programs, sport and recreational programs. And that's what's been happening. Um, although I've been told uh, that there has been an increase in their budget for, for, the, for the next financial year for recreation programs. I'm not sure what that means and how that will be spent. But let's hope it, uh, it's done constructively. Carl, on that note, I think we should wrap it up there, running quickly out of time. But thank you very much for coming to hang out and chat with us again. Absolute pleasure. Have a great weekend further. You too.